We're going to be in the book of Judges, chapter 1, and verse 12. Judges 1, 12. Um, David and I were watching The World's Strongest Man the other night on television. And uh, they had these two guys. Both of them were phenomenally strong. I mean, just it was unreal. Uh, but the guy that ended up winning the competition did a, a deadlift with a, a circus bar that was kind of wavery. And uh, he lifted this up, and it was 925 pounds. Now, that is some weight. Uh, then, uh, in a follow-up, uh, they had later on in a different, uh, a different competition uh, a semi-pull. And they would pull two calves of a semi and they would race to see who could get across the line uh, in the quickest time. Unreal uh, amount of strength. Uh, and it's just an impressive thing. They definitely rose to the occasion uh, in, those, in those different competitions that they were in. Uh, well, I think there's nothing more important than what we do for Christ. And we need to ri- rise to the, to the occasion and do the things that Christ wants us to do in our lives for him. And uh, we have been declared to be more than conquerors through him that loved us. Jesus has given us his power. He's given us his spirit so that we can live in his power and his strength. Uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, Caleb in in the Old Testament was a great example of rising to the occasion of, uh, of doing the things that God called him to do in an attitude of faith and confidence in God. He rose to the challenge. And uh, I love the story of, of Caleb. He was one of the first, uh, Joshua and Caleb were the two spies that gave the positive report outside the promised land. Ten spies gave a negative report. And as you know, the first generation listened to the ten, and uh, they died in the wilderness. And the second generation came up, went into the land and took the land of Canaan. And uh, Caleb and Joshua were the only two remaining people who were alive in that first generation to go into the promised land because they had trusted God and spoken rightly about him. And so Caleb is, at that point, 80 years old. And uh, the Bible says his eye had not dimmed and his strength had not waned and God had just blessed him. And uh, so he sees this area where Hebron is located, and he says, this is the place I want. Give me this mountain. 80 years old, he says, I'm going to go up, and uh, these Anakim, these giants, these huge uh, huge men, they don't intimidate me in the least. God is with me. I'm going to go up. I'm going to take this land, and I'm going to receive my inheritance from God. He just had a tremendous faith in God. And so, here at the beginning of Judges, this, this episode is, is uh, remembered, and um, it is, is the next generation after. Um, Caleb's daughter, her name is Oxa. How would you like to have a name like that, ladies? Um, but uh, she has followed in the steps. It actually means little ankle bracelet is what it means but uh, in Hebrew, but uh, not, not any kind of bovine or anything like that. But uh, she actually is raised up under the great and godly influence of her father, Caleb. And you see some great character in her life. And, 
and Caleb makes, uh, makes a, uh, an agreement. He says, anybody who will go up and take this city of Debir, it was Kiriath Sefer, the name was changed to Debir, and he says, anybody who will take this city, I'll give him my daughter as a wife. In those days, they had those arranged marriages. And Caleb wanted a man of faith and a man who was godly uh, for his daughter. And, and so he offered that. And, of course, uh, a guy named uh, Othniel uh, took him up on the challenge. And he went and he conquered the city. And uh, Caleb gave his daughter, Oxa, to him as a wife. And uh, as wives are good at doing, immediately she told him what he ought to do. And uh, she said, uh, I want you to go ask my daddy for a piece of land. And so, uh, yes, dear. <laughs> he went up and he did it. And, uh, and then, uh, then Oxa goes and she asks for the water rights to that land. Because apparently Caleb gave him the land, but he didn't give him the water rights. And if you, if you have land in the Negev, it was a dry area of Israel. And uh, you needed the water rights as well. And so... Uh, Caleb ends up giving her the water rights. But in, in this story, what you see is, is three individuals who have a, a strong faith in God, who are going up and doing what God has called them to do. And it's going to be in stark contrast to what you see in most of the book of Judges. Uh, but it, it sets a great example for us. And so we need to rise to the challenge in, our, in the things that God has put before us to do for him, the things he's gifted us to do, uh, the people he's gifted us to share Christ with, uh, we need to, to rise to that challenge as well. So look with me at Judges 1, verse 12. Caleb said, Whoever strikes down and captures Kiriath Sefer, I will give to him my daughter Aksa as a wife. So Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, captured it, and Caleb gave his daughter Aksa to him as a wife. When she arrived, she persuaded Othniel to ask her father for a field. As she got off her donkey, Caleb asked her, What do you want? She answered him, Give me a blessing. Uh, Since you have given me the land of the Negev, give me the springs of water also. So Caleb gave her both the upper and lower springs. The title of my message is Rising to the Challenge. How does God want us to do that? Uh, First of all, he wants us to have a courageous heart. A courageous heart. Othniel says, I will go up and I will take this city. Do you know God wants us to have a courageous heart? One of the things you see, can you imagine how intimidating it must have been to follow Moses as a leader in Israel? And uh, Joshua, I'm sure, was quaking in his boots. How can I possibly this man's shoes and of course he no one no one could he, he was greatly blessed uh, man of God but Moses tells him be strong and courageous as God was with me he will be with you and then the people tell Joshua Moses is dead now the people are telling Joshua Joshua be strong and courageous for the Lord is with you God will bless you just as he blessed Moses and then you remember Joshua goes out and he, he encounters the angel of the Lord and he falls, the captain of the host of the Lord's army, and he falls face down and, and he says, uh, Joshua, be strong and courageous for the Lord is with you. 
And so Joshua, I guess by the third, third time's the charm, but he, he gets up and in courage and faith in God, he goes and he leads the Israelites in what God has called him to do. Othniel is following in the footsteps of Joshua. He has a courageous heart. He goes up and he takes this Canaanite city. I think we need to have a courageous heart in our culture today, don't we? It's becoming less and less popular to be a Christian in our land. Um, it is not politically correct to talk about sin. It's not politically correct to talk about one way to salvation through Jesus Christ alone. Uh, it's not politically correct to say that marriage is between a man and a woman. It's not politically correct to say that abortion is murder. But... In the culture in which we live, we're called to stand up for what's right and for what's true. And we're called to speak the truth in love. Not to be antagonistic, but to, to love people and tell them the truth in love so that they can find a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that takes courage. And you can't do that without the supernatural empowering of the Holy Spirit. So um, uh, we can ask God to fill us with His Spirit. Uh, I remember one time God uh, God had laid upon my heart. There was a fellow we were in we were in tech school, and there was a a young man that was a friend a friend of mine, uh, and just would cuss, and then he'd say, uh, "Didn't mean to say that, didn't mean to say," that. and he kept doing it over and over again, over and over again. And I sensed the Holy Spirit of God in me just to say, "You need to say, can you really not help it?" And uh, I, I didn't like that. <laughs> I struggle with that. I said, Lord, if I tell him that, he's not going to be my friend anymore. And, and uh, you know, he's going to get mad at me and it's going to be awkward. And he's probably not going to want to sit around me anymore. And God, and I was telling God all the reasons why I shouldn't tell him that. Uh, but God kept after me. And so finally I said, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll tell him that. And, uh, and so we were on break and, and we were talking. And, he, and sure enough, he, he cussed again. He said, I can't help it. And I looked, I, I, I was remembering my Proverbs where it says, the soft answer turns away to wrath. So in the softest voice I could, I could say and still be audible, I said, can you really not help it? And he looked at me like that, and he grabbed my arm, he pulled me into the side room, and he began to weep. And for the next, the rest of the break, we were talking about Jesus. Can I tell you, God knows what he's doing. Sometimes we just have to have the courage to be obedient to what he lays upon our heart to do. Um, sadly, I haven't always had that courage. Sometimes I've disobeyed God. But what, what would happen if all of us had the courage to step out and do what God called us to do? Can you imagine that? I heard, I heard a, a statistic somewhere that fi only 5% of Christians in America have ever shared their faith with anyone. 5%. If that's true, can you imagine what could take place if the other 95% got engaged? We, we might see revival in our country. I mean, wow. Uh, having the courage to step out for God, to speak up for God, to stand alone for God. Um, what would happen if we had people like Joshua who'd say, hey, whatever anybody else may do, as for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Uh, we need some people with courage 
in our culture. And, and we need to ask God to give us that courage so that we can speak in love, but to speak as the instruments of God to this, this culture. Because uh, if no one speaks up, our culture is going to continue to go down. Say, so, well, what can I do? Well, I can do all things through Christ. He strengthens me, right? You can do what God has called you to do. See, God's not going to judge me on the basis of what he's called you to do, and he's not going to judge you on the basis of what he's called me to do, right? But he's going to judge. each one of us will be evaluated based upon what we've done and according to what God has given us as a responsibility to do. So be courageous in that. Step out and follow God. Get, and ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit and to give you boldness. And then take that first step. Sometimes it's scary, but take that first step and obey God and see what God will do through your life. Uh, a courageous heart. So, um, rising to the challenge. First of all, he wants us to have a courageous heart. Secondly, a bold request. Look at verse 14. When she arrived, Oxford that is, she persuades Othniel to ask her father for a field. That's a bold request, isn't it? Can you imagine if you were just a brand new son-in-law and your wife says, go ask my daddy for his field. Wouldn't that, make, wouldn't that be awkward? I mean, I, I think I'd feel majorly awkward. So you, go, you, you go ask him, you know. <laughs> if you want it, he's your father. Go ask him, you know. Uh, but uh, Othniel apparently goes and asks for it because the, Caleb has given him the field. And um, he makes a bold request. You see, this is the same type of thing that Caleb did. By faith, he said, give me this mountain. It's a bold request. You know, I'm convinced that God wants us to make bold requests in prayer. Somebody said, is your, is your prayer request big enough to honor God? <laughs> Sometimes we ask God for the stuff that we can do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Ask God, ask God for the small things as well. But uh, ask God to... Give you a heart that asks for big things from God. Um, and see what God will do. Joshua was on the field. I keep talking about Joshua. But Joshua was on the, on the field of battle. You remember? And they were winning, but they didn't have enough time to finish the battle. It was going to get, it was going to get, the end of the day was going to come. And so Joshua prays, Lord, will you help the sun to stand still? Now that's a bold prayer. Guess what? God answered that. Some of you are thinking, well, that's scientifically, how does that happen? Well, listen, God is God. He's either supernatural in his power or not. If he's not supernatural, he can't do you any good anyway. You might as well give it up. He's supernatural. He has all power. And the Bible says that God, for an extra day, kept that son in the same place, and they won the battle because he made a bold request. Um. I had a good friend that influenced me in, in, in that uh, in Texas, and uh, I think we all need to be reminded of that from time to time. I certainly do. Uh, but one day I just felt led to ask God, Lord, will you let us have people saved every single service in our church for a season of time? Guess what? God answered that prayer. In the last two months I was there, every service. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, we had somebody saved. It was the most amazing thing. I was, you know, I was pinching myself, you know. 
could this be real? <laughs> God has done this. It was amazing to me. And, and I couldn't get anybody to come forward for anything. Now, of course, that's not my job anyway. It's the Holy Spirit's job. But, but, but I was so shocked at the difference and the, the amazing change that God brought um, through a bold request. Uh, my mother made a request of God. I was in Texas, and she said, Lord, I'd like my, my son to be near to me. <laughs> and here I am. Uh, I want to tell you something. We serve an awesome God. He can do these things. And so make those bold requests of God, and don't be afraid to step out. And God's, God's not, whew, boy, I don't know if I can handle that one. He, he's God. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Him that asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door shall be opened. As we ask according to God's will, there is nothing that God can't give us and won't give us. Um, so make a bold request. That's one way we rise to the challenge. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's things in this life that we can't handle in our own strength. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, right? What does he say at the end of the, the section on the spiritual armor? He says, praying. At all times, uh, being alert in prayer and, and being devoted to prayer. You, I, I want you to know that there are some times in your life that if you don't have God's help, you're not going to make it through. You remember Jesus telling the story, the man who built his house on a sand and the man who built his house on a rock. And when the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house, the one that was on the sand, the Bible says it fell and great was the fall of it. The one that was built on the rock stood in the midst of the storm. You see, the way you stand in the midst of the storm is that you have faith in Christ and you're going to him in prayer and you're finding his strength. He is the foundation of life. I believe he's the foundation of marriage. I believe, it, especially in our culture today, it's a supernatural thing when a couple stays married and in love with each other over a course of a lifetime. Supernatural. Pray for God to grant you that love for your spouse. Pray to God to, to give you that heart of Christ toward your spouse uh, because God is in the business of doing great things in us and helping us to stand the storms of life. But make those bold requests of God. Lord, give, give me... Not only help me stay married, you know, some people stay married, they're miserable their whole life. Pray more boldly than that. Pray, Lord, help me to stay married and to be happy in following you and to fulfill your plan for my marriage. Um, you know, it can, pray, pray bold things for your kids, for your grandkids, whatever it may be. And uh, see what God will do in answer to prayer. You remember Jabez? He asked God to, to bless him, Lord, and may your hand be with me. And, and, and the Bible says, and the Lord granted his request. It's about two verses in the midst of a genealogy. So if you ever thought, why should I read the genealogies? Well, Jabez is the reason, okay? <laughs> read the genealogies because you'll come across a Jabez now and then. And uh, uh, there's another reason to read the genealogies. But um, anyway, God answered his request, and his life was changed. What potential we must miss sometimes just simply because we don't ask God. 
a bold request. Um, so, rising to the challenge, what does God want us to have? First of all, a compassionate heart. Secondly, a bold request. And thirdly, a strong faith. Look at verse 15. Ox is speaking. She says, give me a blessing. You know what that reminds me of? Give me this mountain. She's walking in her daddy's footsteps. Somewhere she has learned the secret of trusting God. And, and she just believes that God is going to work. And I kind of I kind of think that uh, this has to do with her inheritance. She says, hey, you know, I've, Caleb, you, you said give me this mountain. God gave it to you. I'm asking you for a field. I won't take the whole mountain. Just give me a field. <laughs> but I want the blessing of God in my life. And so she steps forward and, and she asks for that in faith. Give me a blessing. Remember what Jacob said? He's wrestling with the angel. I will not let you go until you bless me. It, what is that? That's faith. Jacob knew that if God didn't grant him his request and give him the blessing, he was in trouble. So he clung to God. He, he persevered. And, of course, Christ blessed him. And he also dislocated his hip. <laughs> and... Uh, Gave him a, a reason to keep trusting. Uh, you know, God is, is in the business of responding to strong faith. And, and you don't even necessarily to have a strong faith. Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. It's not so much the strength of your faith as it is the object of your faith, which is our great God who can do anything. And so when you trust in him, the impossible is possible well God I could never mark it off your list because with God all things are possible God so and so will never change mark it off your list because with God all things are possible um, Lord I could never accomplish that you know go go down the list we tell ourselves these things and we put these limits in place and God says I don't want you to live within the limits of what you can do I want you to trust me for what I can do. Moses said, God, how, how could a speech impediment? You, you're talking to the wrong guy. I can't be your spokesman. Have you heard? And maybe he stuttered. You know, Have you heard? I've got a speech impediment. And you want me to be? Your spokesperson. Finally, God acquiesces and sends Aaron along with him. And Aaron talks a little bit for him, and then Moses takes over. And isn't it amazing? In the power of God, Moses is able to do what God's called him to do. We put limits on ourselves, and we say, okay, I can only, I can only do these things. But, but God says, trust me. I have a purpose for your life, and, and hell itself can't stand in the way when I'm with you. Isn't it interesting, with Joshua, God kept telling him, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. Uh, look, look at verse 19. The Bible says, the Lord was with Judah. Guess what part, guess what tribe Caleb was a part of? Judah. He was a Kenizzite, uh, but he was a proselyte. In other words, he had converted to Judaism he had converted and had become a member of the tribe of Judah. By the way, so had Othniel. 
The Lord was with Judah. Can I tell you something? What gives you a strong faith is the fact that you know God is with you. What did Jesus do when he, when he was ascending? He gave the great commission. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And lo, I am with you always. Even until the end of the age. Uh, we can go forward in confidence because he is with us. He has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Um, I heard Tony Evans one time uh, tell a story about a father and his, his little boy. And the little boy was saw this little dog. You know those little ankle biters that, that yap a lot, you know. And this little ankle biter comes and is, is barking at the little boy and chasing the little boy. And the little boy runs up. He's terrified. And he runs up and he, he jumps into his father's arms. And his, his father's holding him up there. And the little boy looks down at the dog sitting there yapping. He goes, nah, 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 nah. His whole perspective has changed because he's in the arms of his father and he has security. That's what Jesus is saying. He said, I'm with you. I've got this. <laughs> Paul and Silas learned that when they, they were in the jail. They'd just been beaten for preaching the gospel. I hope that time doesn't come where I have to have a hamburger back to, to preach the gospel. But um, you might think Paul and Silas would have been defeated. They were marched into the jail. They were locked up. But in the middle of the jail, they began to, to pray and to sing praises to God. God comes down. Boom! Earthquake. The doors open up. And the jailer's about to kill himself because Roman law said, you know, if you let your prisoners go, their sentence becomes your sentence. And he knew he was going to be put to death, so he's about to kill himself. And they say, wait, don't, don't kill yourself. We're all still here. And, and so they go to the jailer's house. He, puts, he dresses their wounds and gives them a nice meal. And the jailer and his whole family are saved. You know what that tells me? That God's kingdom purpose could not be stopped. There were, no, there were no bars that could stand in the way of God's purpose. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care what the Supreme Court says. I don't care what legislators in Washington do. Or what presidents do in our country, God's purpose will go forward as God's people trust Him. We need to have a strong faith in God. He can do all things. Uh, you remember when Peter had the angel come and take him out, and, and Herod had put him in jail, and then God took care of Herod, right? He's, he's up there, and they're, they're praising him as a God, and all of a sudden, God strikes him dead uh, for not giving credit to God. And uh, Herod is out of the picture. Listen, our God is in control. God doesn't wring his hands about the election. God doesn't worry and think, what's going to happen if the person I want doesn't get in there? God's sovereign. He's in control. I want to tell you something. Washington is not in control. God is. We need to have a strong faith. Strong faith means I trust God by doing what he tells me to do in his word. I trust God by doing what he leads me to do through the power of his Holy Spirit and the direction of his Holy Spirit. But I also want you to see here that uh, in, in rising to the challenge, not only do we need to have a courageous heart, a bold request, and a strong faith, but we need to have a powerful example. Look at verse 20. 
Judah gave Hebron to Caleb just as Moses had promised. Then Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak who, who lived there. A powerful example. Rising to the challenge in our culture. You know, I, I'm convinced that we need some heroes in our culture today, don't we? Some godly examples. Godly people. Um, you know, I, I, from time to time I'll hear somebody talk about uh, uh, seeker-sensitive church, you know, and they'll talk about a target group to get into your church, you know, and so you want to, you know, usually it's the, the young couples, right? It's the target group. Although I did hear one that, that had the senior citizens as a target group. It's kind of interesting. Anyway, uh, but, but that is, I don't believe that's biblical because the Bible says the older women are to teach the younger ones, right? The older men are to instruct the younger ones. There needs to be a passing on of a godly heritage to the next generation. There need to be godly men and women who have lived through the struggles and the tests of this life, who pour into others who are younger in the church and prepare the next generation to do what they're called to do. I praise God for some of you. I look out there and I see a lot of people who've weathered some storms. <laughs> can I tell you something? God can use you to make a profound difference in the life of a younger person that you invest your life into. Um, Caleb had a powerful example. I mean, good night. Have you ever been inspired by someone? Uh, there have been a few people in my life that, that I have really been inspired by. And some, some have been, you know, kind of behind the scenes and some have been an open. I, one, one person that inspired me was um, uh, a man named Lim Bowman. He, he, his wife had Alzheimer's and uh, she, she would yell constantly. Yell, 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 yell. And uh, it was annoying. I'm just being honest here. I'm being real. Some of you are thinking, you, Pastor, you are so ungodly. Well, it's, it's annoying, okay? But I would stay there for 15 minutes, and I thought, oh, man, this is driving me nuts. And you know what he would do? He stayed with her. It finally, he got to where he couldn't care for her in his home anymore. She went to the nursing home. Every day he would go down there, and for hours he would sit there with her. She didn't know who he was, but he would sit there patiently with her. That inspired me. I thought, man, that's the kind of godly man I want to be. I want to, I want, you know, uh, then uh, I've had people who've inspired me by their faith. Uh, one of my friends in Texas, I've told you about him, inspired me. But uh, Jerry Falwell, I know some people don't like Jerry Falwell, but Jerry Falwell, I believe, was a man of God. And um, I remember being at Liberty University and hearing him cast his vision of what he was going to do and, and things he was going to and, and just a man of great faith. If you ever get a chance to, to read uh, the books about his life, he's, there's one called uh, something about trusting God. I forget exactly the title of it, but... But he talks about how he trusted God through the different times of his life. And just to, that really inspired me. You know, I'm convinced that we need to have some heroes. You know, hey, listen, you don't have to be perfect. The book of Judges proves that, right? They got all kinds of heroes with warts and all. I mean, it's, uh, you don't have to be perfect. But 
Godly people who will, who will set a godly example. That is so powerful. And Asha followed that example, didn't she? So did Othniel. Uh, he, he followed that example. And many didn't. But at least two that we know of did. Can I tell you something? Those two were blessed because they followed a godly example. And uh, I, I love what, what, what the Bible says uh, don't love this part. He says he visits the sins of the fathers on the on the on the sons to the third and fourth generation, which I believe is something along like, along the lines of there are certain temptations and so forth that are passed on, and maybe consequences as well that are passed on. Uh, like the Israelites when they went into captivity, their children and their grandchildren were in captivity as well. Um, but but the other side of that is, but he blesses a thousand generations of those who love him, and. Uh, have you ever thought about the, the impact of that? A godly heritage. Um, if you read the book of Genesis, you, you'll see uh, the godly line of Seth and the ungodly line of Cain. And there are probably exceptions to these things, but uh, by and large, the, the godly line of Seth was blessed. They, they served God. They followed God. And finally you get down to Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and David, and ultimately Jesus Christ. And there's this, there's this continuity that goes through. The impact of a godly example. I heard Tony Evans in, uh, this past week. I've been talking about Tony Evans tonight too. All right. but anyway... He's, he was talking about the fact that so many people put value in, in education and all these other things, and those, all those things are good. But he said, he said, sometimes that's not what you need. You don't need somebody with book learning. You need somebody who has been with the Lord, who knows how to walk with Him, who knows how to pray to Him, who knows how to listen to Him and follow Him, uh, uh, to see God do a supernatural work. In your life. How does an 80 year old man. Kill three giants. It's supernatural. Caleb wasn't going in his own strength. And, and this is being passed down. The potential of that is so great. Um, anyway. God says. He says I want you to rise to the challenge. A courageous heart. A bold request. A strong faith. A powerful Example. Judah had um, had sold Joseph into slavery. You remember that story? Um, the others were conspiring to kill him. Hey, let's kill Joseph, get him out of the way. And uh, but Judah said, "No." He was the practical one. He said, "No. Why? Why should we do that when we can sell him and make money off of it?" And so uh, they sell Joseph into slavery. And, and Judah goes down a dark path in his life, and, and, and uh, two of his sons end up being killed by God because of their wickedness. And, um, but at some point along the way, Judah repents of his sin. And we know that because when he goes... To Egypt, and before they know who Joseph is, and Joseph is the second highest ruler in the land, and 
they're coming to him for food. So uh, Joseph has said, uh, I'm going to keep Benjamin here with me. And, and they begin to say, no, uh, you know, our father's head will go down to the grave in sorrow. He's already lost one son. Uh, talking about Joseph, and his head will go down to the grave in sorrow if he loses this other son. And Judah comes up and he says, take me instead. He says, I can't bear to see what will happen to my father if Benjamin doesn't come home with us. Take me instead. You know what he becomes? He becomes a picture of Jesus Christ in that moment. Take me instead. And Judah then became the line of the Messiah. I, I want to tell you something. If you've gone the wrong path, you can change direction. Isn't that a great thing? It is of your mercies that we are not consumed, the Bible says, for your compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. You don't have to stay in the same path. You can choose to repent of your sin, put your trust in Jesus, receive that Holy Spirit power so that you can live this life rising to the occasion of what God's called you to do. He wants us to have a courageous heart, to make bold requests, to have strong faith, and to have a powerful example. As we do that, I believe we'll see God do some amazing things in our lives for our families that will make a difference. If you don't know Christ, uh, the first step, the first bold step is to make that decision to turn from your sin and put your trust in Jesus. He died for your sin, rose again, so that you could have a relationship with him. Uh, I'm going to invite you here in just a moment to come down here to the front. We're going to have a, just an instrumental uh, invitation tonight. But uh, if God's touched your heart, uh, I'd love to pray with you. We can pray with you a phrase at a time. Uh, give your heart to Christ before you leave this place tonight. Um, if you're a child of God and uh, you've not been rising to the challenge, I just want to invite you to come to this altar and say to God, Lord, I want to confess that I've not had a courageous heart. I've not been making bold requests or having a strong faith. I just ask that you would fill me with your spirit and empower me uh, to live the life that you've called me to live. Help me to fulfill your purpose for my life. Would you respond to him?